Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Everybody, welcome to Parenting Today, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. Uh, I'm here with Kurt Cooper. Kurt, how's it going? Oh, hey, how's it going, John? <laughs> And uh, I'm John. I'm the director of resources for RYM. Kurt, uh, I forget, are you assistant pastor? Is that title correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. I'm My official title is minister to youth. So, but yeah. yes, I'm an assistant pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church. In Montgomery, in Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, that's right. And um, this podcast, hopefully y'all have uh, heard a couple of episodes, a few episodes from us. But um, we uh, attempt to take cultural artifacts, cultural issues uh, that our teens are dealing with today in 2018 and discuss them through the grid of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Uh, so Tuesdays, we'll talk about creation and fall aspect of what whatever it is we're discussing. And then on Thursday, uh, we'll talk about redemption and restoration. And then at the end, usually give you some kind of uh, resource, article, book, uh, something that uh, could be helpful for you as parents as you're uh, trying to raise your teens in this this culture. Uh, So with that being said, uh, today we're going to discuss video games. Isn't that right, Kurt? That's right. And uh, just if you heard our discussion on eighth grade, You'll know that I saw the movie 8th grade and Kurt did not, and so Kurt was just peppering me with questions, and so today I get to pepper uh, Kurt with questions because I've never played a video game. Um, I've heard of them. Uh, No, Kurt is a pro at video games, Um, and I honestly, I mean, we we have a Nintendo Wii that just broke. Um, and so I've played some of those games, but I don't play consistently and really haven't played in almost a year, if not longer, video games. So um, Kurt is definitely in that world more, thought about it a lot more. Um, so Kurt, are you uh, you ready to go? I think I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, cut out just a minute. Are you, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. So okay. we're good to go. Sorry, I just, I had a, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, microphone issue, but I think we've, we've solved it. So okay. we're good to go. Good. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be talking generically just about video games. Um, I'm sure in the podcast to come, we'll talk about specific video games, but this is just going to be a, a broad uh, kind of topic. So Kurt, I guess just starting with the good of video games, can you give us some creational good that you uh, have thought about with video games? Sure. I mean, video games, I think we should say right off the bat that video games, um, for many of our parents, video games uh, might be when they when they hear that term, they might think Atari or Nintendo or Super Nintendo or Nintendo 64 or cartridges or, you know, the things that nerds did in the garage or in the basement. Uh, and that is not at all. That's not that may be true still to some degree, but that is not the world of video games. We need I, I always like to remind people that video games make more money than movies, um, video games. And it's not really even close. Um, Hollywood wishes that they had the bottom line that video game companies have. So um, they, the culture has really moved as far as that's concerned um, with video games. And so it's something that I really think that we need to have our ear to. We would want to know what kind of music our children are listening to. And we will want to know what kind of uh, movies and books, uh, what, you know, what they consume in that regard. And so we should probably pay pretty close attention to the video games um, that our students play as well. And 
I'd say one more thing before we move on, and that's that video games are no longer on a console. I mean, you can play on an Xbox or on a PlayStation, uh, but video games, the number one gaming platform uh, in the world is uh, is the cellular phone. Um, your phone, your smartphone is riddled with games. All the top apps, all the best-selling apps are game apps. Um, and so games are coming at us from all over the place. Hmm. What is good about games? Well, I... You won't be surprised um, if you've ever heard me talk about them before um, that games tap into uh, the creative, the creation mandate. They tap into our um, our desire to create things um, and uh, to be uh, to do what God told us to do, to have order, um, to order the chaos and to fill the emptiness um to have dominion over the earth. I mean, if you think about a video game, what is attractive to a seventh grade boy or a you know, a 10th grade girl about a video game. Well, I, I can tell you at least one thing, and that's this, is that in a video game, this person, whoever's playing, is in control. They're in control. They're control. And there is a, typically in those video games, there is a clear path of progression to get to the next level, to rank up your town hall uh, to the next level, um, to upgrade your defenses or to beat the next boss. There's a, there's a next, there's the next thing to do and it's clear what to do and you can try and try at it and get better to the point where it becomes even easy to do the thing that later on, earlier on was, was very difficult. And I think for a lot of our students and a lot of our adults, quite frankly, we often feel out of control in this world. We feel like we're not in control of what's going on and we're not in charge and things are moving and we're just trying to play catch up, um, whether it's in our parenting or in our jobs or in our relationships with our peers or our marriages. We feel like there's a lot of things that are just moving and we're just, you know, we're just sprinting along as fast as we can trying to keep up with all these things. And it sh we shouldn't be surprised that we're attracted to something where we're in control, where we feel like we are in charge. Um, and also in our world, it's not always clear what the next move is, what the next objective is. And we're not always not sure what to do. So we shouldn't be surprised that video games tap into that desire that like, oh, well, look, this is what you do next. This is the next thing to do. You need to collect 20 um, elf you know, bows or whatever it is. I don't know what video games people play, but you know, you need to, you know, you need to get, you know, 10 headshots. You need to do whatever it is. It's the next thing to do. And so we shouldn't be surprised that people are attracted to that because we were made to order the chaos and we were made to fill the emptiness. That's what God does in the first six days of creation. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and, and that's what we're made to do. I guess the second thing that's really good about video games um, or why people might be attracted to them, why they scratch an itch um, in people's souls is that uh, video games like good literature and um, good movies, uh, good stories, they teleport us to a different place. They teleport us to a place that's different from our own, whether it's a place in actual history like World War II um, or whether it is a fantasy realm, a realm that doesn't exist um, like Star Wars or uh, something like that. It takes us to a place. And for many people, video games are an escape from a mundane reality that they face. Uh, they feel like they can't get ahead. They can't, um, they don't, maybe they don't necessarily enjoy school or enjoy their job or whatever it is. And for video games, it's an escape. It's an opportunity to be a hero, um, mm -hmm. to be, um, to, 
to visit something that's, you know, to, to battle dragons, um, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and on top of that, I, I think video games, why they've grown in such attractiveness is because video games, um, as far as the mental side is concerned, are much more active than television. You can look at scans of people's brains when they play video games versus when they're watching television or watching movies and a brain that's watching a television show or a movie is almost asleep. You can barely tell the difference between the two. Whereas a brain uh, of someone while they're playing a video game, it looks like it's literally on fire because you have to be, you're engaged. It's an active activity. Your character doesn't move on his own. Your, you know, your avatar or whatever it is in the game is only going to do what you tell him to do. So you have to be involved. You can't fall asleep at the will. Hey, real, um, real quick, Kurt, why don't yeah. you explain what an avatar is for people? Sure. Yeah. So I was just saying that, um, you know, when you play in the game, when I play a video game, I don't play as Kirk Cooper. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, a 160 pound white guy with, um, (laughs) dirty blonde hair, um, and a vertical leap of about six inches. Like that's not, (laughs) that's, that's not who I am. That'd be a fun video game though, I think. uh, Well, I don't know how fun it would be. Uh, you, it'd be a game where you never get to the next level, where you constantly <laughs> fail. <laughs> um, but uh, but an avatar is who you are in the game, the character that you become. Whether it's the Master Chief in the Halo series, or um, whether it's uh, Laura Croft from Tomb Raider, or uh, or whether it's uh, you know a soldier in uh, in World War II, whatever it is, that's who you are. That's your avatar. That's that's. Um, that's how people see you in the game if you're playing with other people, and that's how you see yourself when you play the, in the game. So, um, yeah, I should probably define my terms a little bit better. Um, no, that's but good. I'd say one other thing about video games, the, the itch that I think they scratch, they just can't be ignored, and that's this, is that in our, in our real lives, in our lives offline, um, in our actual lives, there is a hierarchy, especially for our students. There is a hierarchy that is inescapable. Um, you know, I have kids that are younger, um, um, and uh, when you go to kindergarten or to first grade, or when you go to seventh grade or eighth grade, every day is a constant reminder of what you are not good at. Um, and one of the things that is idolized uh, in American culture, um, it's been so for a long time is, you know, the fastest kid is always the coolest kid in kindergarten or in first grade. Like, if you're fast, then you're cool. And if you're not fast, then you're not cool. Um, you know, if you're good at sports, then, you know, you receive a lot of uh, praise uh, in school. And, you know, the, the, the prettiest girl doesn't date the quarterback because he's so charming. Um, I don't know if they've realized that yet. They find that out later on. Um, <laughs> their marriage falls apart. But the, Whoa, uh, this just took a turn. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's not really true. That's, you know, but you know, the, I, I say in one of my RYM electives, you know, the prettiest girl at school, it doesn't have very good stories. That's not why everyone listens to her stories. And, you know, it's just a reminder. Every, every day is a reminder for, for kids of what they're good at and what they're not good at. And video games oftentimes are an escape from that because in a video game, you are fast um, and you can jump high and you're the hero and you can be good at a video game and better than, you know, someone else. And so there's like a level of skill involved and a sense of pride and a sense of significance that, that is derived from that, just like anything else, whether it's baseball or whether it's, you know, um, debate team or whether it's a math test, there's a sense of, oh, I'm good at this. 
and um, and people receive a sense of significance from it. So these are all the reasons why people are attracted to video games. Um, they scratch an itch that um, that everyone has. Um, and so uh, those are the things, I guess, that uh, that those are some of those things are things that attracted that attracted me to video games as a child. Um, and uh, not I, to some degree, I guess all of them do. But th- those are I would say those are the those are the reasons why people want to play video games. Yeah, and, and I think that's good. I mean, to to highlight this, I mean, for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, as we're, we're talking about the creational good, what, what is it about this thing, in this case, video games, that's drawing us to it? And so for, for us as parents to think about, okay, these are some reasons why my child is attracted to this. Um, it's important to know that, but it's also important because these things you just listed, um, which are good, you know, can also be a bad thing (laughs) it can also uh, become an idol and so i mean just taking the first one talking about you have control over this that can be a good thing because like you said um you know there was chaos and so we were uh, told to you know create order and bring order um but there's a sense in which control can become you know a very bad idol and we've got to be cautious of and fantasy as well you know escaping to Mm -hmm. fantasy can be a very good thing like in movies or literature um and video games being that can be a good thing but Again, if that becomes the the place in which our, our children continue to seek refuge when life gets tough, mm. that can be a bad thing. And so it's good you're highlighting these things um, to say they're good, but then also for us as parents to, to be able to teach these to our kids because as you're articulating these well, our, our children are not going to be able to, to say it um, in the way that you're saying it. And so helping them kind of connect the dots um, is important. So all that yeah, well, sense, go, go for th- it. Those are- what I talked about first was kind of like the heads side of the coin, but there's a tail side to that yes, coin too. Yes. As we talk about the fall with video games and, um, and about, you know, video games are good or there are good video games and there are bad ones, just like there's good art and bad art and there's good movies and bad movies and good stories and bad stories. But, uh, you know, video games are good. And so anything that's good can become an idol that can become, um, anything, mm-hmm. whether it's control or, you know, we, we only worship good things. Um, no one worships garbage. Um, it's just taking that good thing and making it an ultimate thing. And that mm-hmm. can certainly happen in video games. That sense of control and progression that you receive from a video game, um, is also a, a kind of a false, a faux, a artificial control and progression because you're only really in control of the controller um, and the game. And for most people, they play a video game for a year, two years. If it's very good, they might play it for two years and then they never play it again. And all of that progression is lost and you have to start all over again. And for some people, they find that's the joy that they find in video games is just that fresh start. Um, which a lot of people are looking for, but it's not real control. It's fake control and it's not real progression. Um, even if you get better at a game, no one cares that you're good at Mario Kart 64 anymore. No, no one like, it doesn't matter. Which why. is so, so unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. I, I'm ready to just destroy the youth of America and Mario Kart 64. But if you give them a Nintendo 64 controller, they're like, where does, where does it turn on? Um, <laughs> which is funny if you know anything about that console um but uh you know it's no there's been how many mario karts since then so it's progression but it's progression that is that has a shelf life that is oh so short it's such a short so it's a fake that sense of accomplishment 
Um, whereas if you get really good at math that you can take, you know, you can take those, those skills and move them on, you know, to higher levels of math and that's never going to leave you. Um, uh, whereas, you know, if you get really good at grand theft auto, um, you know, there's going to be a new grand theft auto later on. So, and you won't be as good at that one. So that's, there's a fake level of control and progression. There's also, um, video games are kind of like a locker room in sports. Um, there's a lot of communication that goes, most video games are multiplayer now where people play together. There are very few single player games where you just play by yourself, like the legend of Zelda. Um, that doesn't happen anymore really. Um, but those, those experiences are out there, but they're few and far between. And the communication between people when they play video games is often unkind and cruel and judgmental. Um, it, the, the anonymity or the supposed anonymity of video game players is, um, if you went into a locker room, you know, at your football team, high school football team, your high school baseball team, um, you probably, if you were a fly on the wall, you would probably hear some things that you would be shocked by and you would think, Oh man, that's really cruel. Or that's really unkind. Or they shouldn't say those things. And the same is true for video games. Um, there's a lot of, um, uh, skill shaming. If someone is bad at the game, um, then there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's people are verbally abusive to those, um, to people who are bad. Um, you get put on a team with someone and the other person is like, Oh, if I was this bad, I would never play this game. And someone else might even say, well, if I was as bad as you are at this game, I would kill myself. Like they would say really harsh things. And, you know, as an adult, if you hear someone say that you're like, what in the world, calm down. But, um, as a kid, you hear those things and they take root and you think, Oh, this is just another thing that I'm not good at. Um, if you're not careful, that, that can, that's where you can get your identity. So, and then also just that escape from, you know, from fantasy to reality, video games are fake. They're not real. Okay. They're not, um, there's, you know, I always tell my athletes, I say, you know, you're good at baseball or you're good at basketball right now. Um, I said, and that's awesome. But in five years, no one will care that you're good at basketball. Literally no one in the world will care. And if you were to brag about it in five years, they would be like, hey, Uncle Rico, calm down. It's <laughs> um, Napoleon Dynamite um, reference. Yes. It's in that movie. But, um, you know, that, that it would be a laughing stock. It's like the guy who wears his letterman jacket when he's in college. You're like, hey, man, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on that. Like, there, no there's a guy, like, dri- there's a guy like, driving right now and a tear just went down his cheek as he's driving in his letterman jacket. So, <laughs> good. I, I want to shame that guy to stop. Like, I want him to quit living in the past and embrace the present. And like, so, you know, the same is true. Like, we can't, even though video games are a respite from like the world that we're in, they're not where we're, if we're not careful, we just stay at that oasis and we never leave to go on. You know, we never go on the journey that we're, that we're supposed to go on. And, um, and so, and lots of times, uh, our students have a hard time, um, discerning between the fantasy that is video games and the reality of life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's that's yet another uh, that's the other side of this coin is that, you know, and video games bring out a lot of our desire to dominate um, and not in, in a sinful way um, and to beat people unmercifully and to cheat. Um, you know, vi- pretty much any video game that is popular is going to have people who are dedicated to cheating at that game. Um, and so all of the things that you will see in sports um, 
I, that's how I tend to think about video games is I think of them in the same way that I think about sports. Um, people yeah. cheat in sports. People cheat in video games. People are hyper aggressive in sports and take it too seriously. And people are hyper aggressive in video games and take it too mm -hmm. seriously. Like yeah. all the bad things you can associate with sports, you would associate with video games, just like all the good things that you would associate with. Um, same thing. So that's, that's kind of how yeah. I think of it. That's how I tend to think about it. I think that's a um, helpful framework for sure, especially because, you know, if you think about it, there's a sense in which, you know, sports are, are fantasy and they're not real as well. Yeah. Because there, there's a sense in which, you know, as you step onto any field or court or whatever, <clears throat> there are certain rules that apply in that realm that are not part of, you know, reality. I mean, I can't just go walk up into, you know, <laughs> a store and go tackle some guy, you know, to the ground. Um, I mean, that's going to result in, you know, probably the, the authorities getting that's involved. At least a that's like a 15 yard penalty. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you can, you can do that in football. You can go up and just tackle somebody to the ground and that's part of it. And so you're kind of entering this realm in sports that is not, that is fake, you know, in a sense, even though it's, you know, you're, you're really taking your body and you're, um, you know, engaging in the sport and that would be different in aspects to video games, mm -hmm. similar in some aspects to video games, as you pointed out, but something too that I, I'd like for you to speak a little bit on. I know we're about to wrap this up. I mean, you, you kind of, you mentioned bullying that can take place, mm -hmm. the, the unkind, the harsh, the kind of locker room setting. I mean, that's something mm -hmm. that, you know, parents need to be thinking about as they're just kind of saying, you know, we've read up on this video game. We know this video game is a shooter type video game. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be aware sure. of violence. They might not think about the fact that we well, have yeah, violence is something you need to be aware of, but there's also this layer to the video game where there's a chat room and your son or daughter is getting bullied. Can you talk to us a little bit more about mm. that? Well, I want to say two things about that. I'm so glad you asked that question. I want to say, the first thing is I want to talk about violence for a second because there's a lot of misinformation about video game violence that really frustrates me um, as, a, as someone who plays video games. Um, first of all, there is no correlation between video game violence and real world violence. There's absolutely, in fact, it's probably the opposite. People who play uh, video game, violent video games, what we call shooters, where you shoot people, they're actually less likely to own firearms than people who don't. Um, and you know, I think we've talked about this on other, in, on a, yeah, maybe on another look podcast. Yeah, when we discuss Fortnite. Um, so maybe yes, we can put a yeah. link up to that yeah. or something. Yeah, well, I hope so. But, um, you know, just to say that, like, you know, the Virginia Tech school shooter played video games. He played Pokemon. OK, so um, there there's not really a causal link between those two things. Um, I think lots of times people whenever there's like a mass shooting, as there are too many of those people say, well, it's the violence in movies or it's the violence in video games. And that may have played a very minor role, but that is that there's really no causal link and there's, I can link you to, I can send a ton of articles to you, um, that, uh, that prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I do want to talk about like, uh, the locker room bullying kind of style of, uh, video game chats, which is what they're called or parties uh, that you can be in where you, where you're playing with each other, but you can also talk to each other at the same time. And I'll just share an anecdote, um, from a while back, a student uh, who is not my student, but a student uh, who doesn't go to our church. I was playing Fortnite with some of my students, and a student joined this party, and he began to talk in a very vulgar way. He did not know my who I was or um, 
or what my gamer tag was or whatever. So he didn't know who, who I was. And he thought he was in a group with just, uh, you know, boys, his age, I guess. Um, and actually my, uh, one of my roommates from college who you actually know was in this party too. So he, he found this amusing slash disturbing, um, is that this boy just began to talk in a really vulgar way. And, uh, and then uh, someone, I think, in our group texted him and was like, hey, our youth minister is in this chat. And I was like, hey, man, do you know that I'm the youth minister at Trinity Church? And he immediately left the chat, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Without saying anything, it was like, so-and-so left the chat. Boop, boop. You know, like, and like, that's always what happens. But I don't say that to shame him or anything like that. I do that because I think that there is, because we're removed from face-to-face communication, there's this idea that our words don't necessarily matter as matter as much mm. in on the internet or, um, you know, in these kind of like chat rooms or, or, or communications that our words don't matter as much. So we, t- when we think that, when we think that our words falsely think that our words aren't as important, um, our communication is cheapened and oftentimes, uh, we feel the, the freedom to say things that we would never say to someone to their face. Mm-hmm. Um, and that absolutely happens. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's no log of what is said in a chat, um, in like a party chat when you're playing Fortnite or call of duty or whatever it is, you know, or Minecraft or whatever, there's no log of that. Um, if it's not typed out, there's no people say things. And, you know, lots of times people are I, I bullied. Now, most of time people play with their friends. So, um, and, uh, so, the kind of like bullying that we would, the prototypical kind of bullying that we would talk about maybe doesn't take place where, you know, they go find someone and they're like, Hey man, you're terrible. You're, you know, that doesn't typically happen. Um, or is, that's, it doesn't not happen, but it, it, it's rarer. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to be talking with our students about what they say online, um, what they type, what they say, what they text, what they communicate, that it matters, that it's just like saying it to someone's face. And, um, you know, we need to have a discussion. Parents who let their students play, um, online video games, um, need to have a discussion with their students about what is appropriate and what's un- inappropriate and what, the, what is allowed, um, and what you'll tolerate and what is intolerable, um, as far as what your friends will say to each other. So, um, uh, I just, uh, I just think that parents need to realize that um, just like um, Snapchat can kind of become Lord of the Flies because there's no parental presence there. Like <laughs> this is a where, where it can kind of become Lord of the Flies as well. And maybe there isn't like out and out bullying going on there or very much, but there is. Um, I've gotten to see a picture of our students. Um, unexpectedly, I've gotten to witness a picture of some of our students and some of their friends that I would never have gotten to see if I hadn't done that. So in that way, I'm really thankful to have been um, playing Fortnite a couple of times where this kind of thing has happened. Um, yeah. Cause it's allowed me to, it's allowed me to confront that student and talk with them. I'll tell you that I had a student um, who kind of had a similar situation where they said some things that they shouldn't have said cause they didn't know that I was listening. And um, I went up to him and I said, and this has been more recent, but I said, uh, I saw him on Sunday and I said, what do I, what, what do you want? What do I want to talk to you about? And he said about what I said, you know, and I said, um, what do you think I'm going to say? And he goes, I don't know what you're going to say. And I said, you're going to, I told him, I said, I'll give you the deadline today, Sunday. I'll give you till Tuesday 
go tell your parents exactly what you said. I'm going to call your dad on Tuesday. Hmm. And, um, and I said, I said, which I, I just was honest with him. I said, what do you think's better for you for me to tell your dad or for you to tell your dad? And he said, from, I mean, first of all, he slumped. It was like, I was deflating a balloon, like this <laughs> posture, just, you know, this kid, poor kid, but um, you know, this is good for him. I said, what do you think's better? And he said, it's better for me to tell my dad. And I just looked at him. I was like, Hey bud, you're going to get in trouble. Like that's happening. Okay. That's done with. So the idea of like not getting in trouble, let's just get that out of our minds right now. <laughs> but I said, I said, look, this is, you know, like it's better for you to confess your sin than to, you know, than to have to be, um, outed by someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of, uh, attitude that I want all my students to have is that unconfessed sin just eats at you. Um, it sears your conscience and it, um, hurts your soul. And, uh, and so in that way, you know, it's kind of fun that I play video games because it gives the opportunity for me. I, I just told uh, Mary Cam who I worked with, I was like, I'm so glad I got that opportunity yeah. because the parents e- email me. The end of that story is that the parents email me later and we're like, thank you so much for making him confess Mm -hmm. what he said. We've gotten to have some really good conversations with him because of that. And it's just great to know that someone is watching out for him. And um, so anyway, all that to say is that we need to be careful about those kind of things. That was way more than you probably wanted. Well, no, I mean, um, it's some some helpful perspective. And we've got to wrap it up because we're approaching our time. mm -hmm. But I think this will lead into Thursday's talk, just as you're talking about you know, that moment led to a moment of discipleship uh, with this student. And so that's definitely Mm -hmm. one aspect that I think we can talk about uh, as we redeem uh, this. So Kurt, that was a lot of helpful information, a lot of good uh, perspective, you know, hopefully for parents to see the good and the bad as talking points they can have with their children instead of just kind of the content of the video game. These are some ways to get down to some hard issues with their students. So um, that was helpful for me, Kurt. Look forward to talking to you on Thursday. See you again then.